Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. TroubleQuest Host Agency offers continuing education as well as education for new agents. We offer certified specialist courses through Travel Leaders. The courses range from Active and Adventure, Leisure, Luxury, Honeymoon, Destination Wedding, Group, and Business Travel. Visit us at www.tqagents.com or call us at 800-357-HOST. Remember TravelQuest, we are the best. You're listening to Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 7. Today we're talking with Lou Majora, owner of Travel by Lou. A big warm welcome to all of our listeners, both new and diehard listeners alike. Travel Agent Chatter is an audio series produced by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. A quick reminder that the show notes can be found at hostagencyreviews.com forward slash TAC. And of course, if you like what you're hearing, we've got loads more resources for you in our Moon newsletter. It's delivered once a month on, you guessed it, the full moon. Sign up at hostagencyreviews.com forward slash newsletter. And if you have a few minutes, we'd love it if you'd take the time to leave a quick review for us on iTunes or Stitcher. Now, let's get on to the show. Hello, hello, little bears. This is Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews and your host for today's show. What have we got in store for you today? Well, today is the story of Lou and her journey from travel school to a successful business. We'll hear about how she went um, from travel school to her own agency specializing in Hawaii and cruises and how she really has found our groove as she's matured in the travel industry um, with group cruises. So as you'll find out soon, there's a, there's multiple things that are unique about Lou and her business, but one of the things I found so remarkable during our conversation was that this idea of travel school and the community that she built there is still prevalent in her agency today, um, 18 years later. And for those of you that are looking for some snazzy marketing tips, we'll touch on that too. I'll be asking Lou to tell us a little bit more about some of her marketing techniques. Because whether she meant to or not, she's branded herself brilliantly with her trademark, the foreheads picture. And that is forehead as in just above the eyes. And yes, she purposely is missing components that other people normally try to capture in photos, like the eyes or the mouth. So uh, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. We'll have the resources we mentioned today, as well as a link to the full transcript in our show notes. So you can view the show notes at hostagencyreviews.com forward slash TAC and click on episode seven. Now let's move into our itinerary for the day. Uh, We've got five exciting segments for you. First is beginnings, then we'll move into business tips booking groups, marketing, and we'll bring it to a close with my audio version of a big warm hug. And that's our warm fuzzy segment. So let's hop on to another episode of TAC. Lou, welcome to Travel Agent Chatter. Good morning, Stephanie, or I guess for you, it'd be good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon here. But you know, we could say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, because we don't know when people are listening. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's see, I alluded to this in the intro, but you have such a tight-knit group of friends from travel school, and it's a really neat and, I think, unique story. Would you mind sharing how you've all kind of grown and um, your businesses have matured and traveled together? Yes, well, absolutely. Travel school, for us at the time, this was an actual campus, and the program actually offered classes on four different campuses. And this was a campus that was near my home, and um, it attracted, and it was interesting, it attracted, oh, maybe about 20 people, and we were kind of all in the same um, point in our lives. A lot of us had, in my case, I had just uh, sent my youngest off to college, and others had kids that were going to school full-time, and, you know, also like me, sending sending kids off in the world, and um, just looking for the next chapters in their lives. 
And so we were all eager beavers who loved travel and wondered how we could kind of, you know, incorporate that in our, in our, in our lives. So we all got together in this in um, travel school in this class, and we, uh, from the very first orientation class, we were hooked. We had a very very magical instructor who ran the program at the time, and um, she just instilled in us the you know the the um, the ability to to look forward to a career in travel, and um, you know. <laughs> We all signed. We all signed on the bottom line, you know, after that first class, and all bonded. And um, um, what was great was that because we all had the same interests, you know, we kind of always spent time together, even after class, like whenever there was a break or, or you know, after class, maybe on weekends or for lunches or whatever. We all kind of gravitated together, and um, then a couple of weeks, Fast forward a couple years later, when we were all kind of nearing the end of uh, completing our programs, we used to joke and say, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could all work together in the same <laughs> agency? Because we all had the same interests. You know, being on the West Coast, we all loved Hawaii, um, and so many of us loved cruising. And so, we, you know, we were saying, wouldn't this be fantastic? And one of the gals in, um, in our group happened upon an agency that was local. It was like within, within 10 minutes of where everybody lived. And it was an online agency, and, which was kind of new at the time. You know, not a storefront, but an online. Yeah, because when, owner, do, you, do you mind giving us like the date on about like when you first entered the industry? Yes. Well, um, I started the uh, travel classes in um, 1999 mm-hmm. and um, uh, took the classes for a couple of years because I was, you know, I was kind of insecure about, you know, jumping into the business. I wanted to make sure I had a really good foundation mm-hmm. of skills, you know, because it's such a, it was such a brand new, you know, I was moving from, from a totally different careers into travel and it was so new and I wanted to just make sure I had the foundation skills and certification and so forth. And yes, this, so um, this agency that uh, we all found ourselves in, um, it was a very forward-thinking agency and no, not a storefront. They had set up, oh, oh gosh, I guess over a dozen websites focusing on different things like Hawaii, Discount Hawaii, um, cruising, you know, things like that, different websites that would kind of all funnel into the agency. And um, one by one, uh, we all started saying, hey, come and work with us, come and work with us. And so <laughs> I think it ended up, at the height of it, we might have had ever, almost everybody in the travel class um, working at the agency. It was fantastic fun. And um, we would go in and help answer the phones because at that time, because it was, it, you know, it was websites and it was online and it was a brand new concept for so many consumers. So the phones were ringing off the hook, and we'd go in, and we'd answer phones and take leads, and, um, you know, and and just, you know, whenever we'd go in the agency, we'd be together and, and having fun, and, and you know, it, it was just a great, great experience at the time. Then this was a little bit before 2001, so you can imagine, um, yes, uh, 2011, I'm sorry. Um, no, yeah, September 11th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 2001. Yeah, it was before then. So, you know, the phones were ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, a great foundation and a great agency to, to be a part of. It was an exciting time back then. Yeah, so you have just under 20 years under your belt. And when you started by joining, um, just so everyone knows, Los Modenos College was um, mm-hmm. where she went for the travel program and they mm-hmm. still, yeah. yep and they still have a uh-huh. travel program but it's not in person anymore it's um it's all online and we'll link to that in our show notes so people can check it yeah. out um and we'll, i'll also put a link into um our article on travel agent education which has a list of travel schools and other educational opportunities um for agents or people looking to become agents so mm-hmm. Um, as we discussed earlier, the funding for travel schools was really cut after September 11th. And as a result, travel schools just aren't as commonplace as they once were. But you're, yeah. you're like 100% yeah. on team travel school. Um, 
What oh, were some... yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're their number one cheerleader. So what were some of the things you liked? <laughs> well, what I really liked was for somebody who liked me, who, you know, with a personality like me, you know, I, I like to get out there and I like to know that I have a good foundation of skills behind me. So in travel school, we had um, the number one thing that they instilled in us was the importance of professionalism. Mm-hmm. You know, our instructors were very well dressed and presented themselves very professionally. And, um, you know, so we knew even if we were going to be home-based, you know, <laughs> even though we know that we, we sit at home in our robes or in our slippers and so forth, you still have to have, um, you know, a professional attitude. Mm-hmm. So they taught us about good business practices and how to qualify a client, which is so, so, so important, how to work with a supplier, um, salesmanship, another, you know, huge thing you need to know, um, destination classes. Uh, they would bring in industry speakers at the time, people from cruise lines and tour operator companies. Um, we even had the opportunity back then to go on field trips. Mm-hmm. We did ship inspections. We did. Uh, we went to um, a call center for United Airlines back then when they had call centers out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to see, you know, hands-on how the industry works, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in the background. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we also had inter, um, internship opportunities with uh, brick and mortars. Um, because, you know, back then, uh, there were so many brick and mortars that we could take advantage of. And at the time, they were looking for um, interns to come in. So that was really valuable to me because I was able to job shadow during my internship. So, um, you know, the foundation skills were there, you know, all the, all the important pillars um, that you need to know to have, you know, to, to make sure that you have a successful business, yeah. um, travel business. Well, so your internship is really interesting to me because I think for people that are coming into the industry, ideally they would love to have some sort of an internship, but they are very difficult mm-hmm. to get nowadays. But yours they was, were, yeah, yeah, yours, yeah, yours is, did you say it was two to three months long? Yes, yes. It was a um, six to nine weeks, I believe. And it was up to you whether, you know, you made the agreement with the agency the particular agency, how many days a week you wanted to come in. Um, at the time, two days a week worked with, for me, so I would go in two days a week, a couple of hours each time, and I would job shadow because it was a, a, a storefront. So they had corporate, they had leisure, um, they had a good um, amount of staff. Mm-hmm. And so I would job shadow and I would watch the corporate person and I would watch the leisure person and, and um, you know, I would watch the receptionist, how they handle clients coming in and, you know, and the whole thing and, you know, the traditional filing of brochures and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it gave me a really good peek at um, the daily runnings of a brick and mortar agency. Yes, and you weren't even, you didn't book any tickets or anything during that time. You were no, just shadowing. No. You just just shadowing, which was so important because you learn how each agent works with whoever they're talking to on the phone, whether it's a client or a vendor or even just procedures, how they went about booking tickets for, you know, the corporate clients and and so it was just fascinating to me because I had hardly ever stepped foot in in a real travel agency previously. So mm-hmm. this is really eye-opening for me. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening that are interested in some kind of an internship, um, again, they're very hard to come by. And if there is a brick mm-hmm. and mortar in your agency, you can go ahead and ask and say you're willing to come in just a couple times a week for, yeah. you know, an yeah. afternoon and do some job shadowing. You won't bother them at all. But um and right, right. Yeah, and for those listening that actually are agency owners, whether it's storefront or home-based, if you do get approached by someone, you know, this could be a great opportunity instead of thinking of it as your competition. This is either someone that you could potentially hire if you feel like they're smart enough, or mm-hmm. it could be someone that you could take on um, as an IC and, like, start your own mini host agency. So, yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, Lou, you and I talked about how you don't see them as often anymore in the yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. So I think a, a lot of times it's because 
you know, we're so, everyone is so busy, especially, um, you know, there's so fewer in number, um, fewer in numbers with the brick and mortars. Everyone's so busy and they really don't have the time to, um, you know, train people. So, you know, it, it behooves you as a, as a potential um, travel person, uh, travel consultant, if you can job shadow, mm -hmm. you know, how important that is, you know, because it also demonstrates to the agency owners your willingness to be professional about how you, you know, how you approach the job, that you're willing to, you know, um, listen and learn mm -hmm. and find out what, you know, what's the nuts and bolts of, of how an agency is run. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's see, Lou, during our call, you had some great advice, and that was to focus on what you love um, when you're first entering the travel industry. And this, yeah. this is a, exactly the same advice we give agents on our site when we walk them through an exercise to help them find a niche. And I'll, I'll post a yeah. link to that article in the show notes. Um, but now, having said that, it can take some time to really hone in on things. And I'd love for you to share your agency's evolution, as I think it it can help remind our listeners that niches evolve over time. So for you, you started mm -hmm. specializing in Hawaii, and now you're you still yeah. book a lot <laughs> of Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, but yes. now you're yeah. you, you do a lot of group cruises and you do international travel. So how did yeah. that happen? Well, it was funny because. Um, I, I had set some goals for myself when I first started these classes. I said, okay, you know, if I want to be a professional about this, um, I, I want to set some goals. So one of my first goal was to get as many um, certifications as I could, to get to the top of the certification ladder in as many, um, you know, components of the industry as I could, whether, you know, like with the cruise lines and with uh, the Travel Institute and um, certifications with visitors bureaus and so forth and tourism boards. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so when I started out, my goals were simple. I, I just wanted to specialize in Hawaii and also in cruises because I knew zip about cruises. Mm -hmm. But I was just fascinated by cruising and I just wanted to learn everything I could learn about cruising. So those are my two focuses, Hawaii and cruises. So I set out to learn everything that I could about those two um, niches. And so I uh, joined the um, Oahu Visitors Bureau uh, program. They're, at the time they had um, certification and then they had a, it evolved into a master specialist program. Mm -hmm. So I participated in all of that on island and um, and so forth. And uh, for cruising, I went to the cruise line training and, you know, got all my certifications and tried to cruise. My goal was to try to cruise every year, at least two cruises and at least a destination I'd never been to and or a cruise line I'd never sailed on. Mm -hmm. So then, and then that evolved because I started going to more events and going to ship tours and supplier training and so forth. And so it grew into um, group cruising because I love cruising. It's my favorite, my favorite com uh, aspect of travel is cruising. And people, you know, my friends, my family would see how enthusiastic I was about cruising. And then, you know, then I started thinking, well, you know, I'm a social person. I like to I like, I like a good party. I like to gather people. So I started gathering um, groups for cruising. And it kind of, it started out with chick cruises. I used to just bring, you know, um, some of my girlfriends and I'd say, let's go on a chick cruise, you know, a little three-day, four-day chick cruise. And so we started out doing chick cruises, you know, just the girlfriends. And then that evolved. Um, the husband started getting jealous. <laughs> that, evolved. that evolved into doing, you know, group cruises for everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, so that has really become, um, you know, a big uh, niche for me because now I do cruise groups every year. I have a, um, a what I my group I call the crazy cruisers um, because they always said you have to have a name when you're on the ship with your group. So we call ourselves the crazy cruisers. <laughs> and, um, so we have our a, a closed Facebook page and. Um, uh, stay in touch that way, and, and I poll everybody periodically over the year 
uh, where should we go next? Because they're always asking me when they come back from the lab, the previous group cruise, where are we going next? You know, what's on the agenda? So I love to poll them periodically. Where should we go? You know, what's on your wish list? What's on your bucket list? Yeah, that's a great marketing tip. You know, yeah. like everybody sees it and everyone gets to participate in the Facebook group. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, during our interviews, I often like to ask agents about if they charge consultation or service fees um, because it's something that the majority of travel agents do not charge. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll post a link to our annual service fee survey as well as our travel agent income survey in the show notes uh, for those of you listening. And you can get a better idea of what percentage of agents charge service fees. It's about a third um, and the most common amount by experience. So you'll see that, you know, as people become more experienced, they become uh, mm -hmm. more comfortable charging fees. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like anyhow, Lou, you do charge service fees, but your structure isn't really set in stone. How do you decide no. how much to to charge no. your clients? Yeah. Well, you know, I always say it only takes being burned twice <laughs> to realize <laughs> to realize how valuable your time and your expertise is. Um, so you really do need to value yourself, and um, you need to kind of. Also, educate your clients how valuable you are by, by um, you know, having some sort of fee structure. And, yeah, and, you know, it's not set in stone because I kind of, you know, I, I kind of look at it as a case-by-case -case basis. I look at the clients. I look at where they came from because I deal 99% of the time with people I know, past clients, um, referrals. Uh, a, a bulk of my business is from referrals. So, I'm dealing with people who are not, um, you know, 100% strangers. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, so I don't have a particular fee structure. I do um, charge a, um, in the beginning I called it a plan to go fee where I would use it towards, I would do it per person and then I would apply it uh, towards the deposit um, or if they didn't travel at all, you know, I kept it as a service fee. Now I do it separately as a service fee because I realize that, um, you know, again, you have to realize how, how important your expertise is and your time is. So, um, you know, I know some people do it by percentage. Some people do it by, by dollar amount. I kind of look at the individual that I'm working with and I kind of, you know, judge from them. Do they seem like they're going to be high maintenance in the future? Do they, mm -hmm. you know, do they have kind of a reputation? You know, like sometimes my my clients will say, "Well, I'm going to send you so and so, but you know, be advised." <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yep. So I kind of judge it by that. You know, because we we're we're individuals. You know, you can't set the things like that in stone. You know, some people can, but but not me. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think I think it's really interesting because there's so many different ways to approach it and on our last yeah. um volume of travel agent chatter we interviewed becky lukovich who does luxury travel and hers you know is very different it's very structured on our site hers is like mm -hmm. this is the cost per person i tell you up front and um yeah and yeah. that's what you know she feels very comfortable with it but yours is you know works just as well so yeah and what i do is um, after I've had the initial phone call or email, you know, where I try to get as much information as I can, then I will forward to them um, a questionnaire that asks um, details about uh, their travel plans. Mm -hmm. And I'll forward the questionnaire, and then I will also forward the um, fee agreement to them so that they know up front that they're getting this questionnaire and they're getting this fee agreement. And um, if they send them back, then they, that means they agree. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then you don't have to worry uh, over whether you did the right or wrong thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's see. So, well, we're all in the travel industry. So it's, you know, an obvious fact that we love to travel as much as we can. And, and now that your husband's reti retired, um, you've been going on lots of trips so two questions how often do you travel and then two what's your um kind of next group trip you have coming up 
Uh, I travel as often as I can. <laughs> like I say, I try to do, you know, because we are in the travel business and, you know, I always say, well, you know, I'm taking it for the team. I have to do this cruise for, for the benefit of my clients. Yes, exactly. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, and it kind of, I don't know, this is kind of like a, a little sidebar. Um, I just, I don't know how many of you have ever seen that movie, um, Waiting for Guffman, but two of the characters were travel agents, Ron and Sheila, and I thought they were hilarious because they had this travel agency, but they had never been out of the state. <laughs> and, yet, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, that is, that is so classic. And, um, but anyway, that, you know, that, that always struck me as funny, but yeah, I, I, I try to travel as, as, Often as I can, I like to go, um, especially if there's seminars at sea for um, a cruise line or a ship I've never been on. I like to take advantage of that, and which my husband likes because generally you can you can bring a guest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are you know like the tourism um, uh, tourism events where you know it's agent only, which is fine, which is fine, and I like to do that because you know I like to do. I, I'm a hotel junkie. I love to visit hotels. That's, you know, a, a, a huge interest of mine. So I love to do that. And, um, you know, on-island uh, seminars such as the Hawaii product seminar with NorCal Asta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and where we go island to island every year. I love that because it's, there's a lot of networking to be done and um, um uh, relationships, uh, relationships to maintain, and you know, friendships to form, and just uh, traveling in general. It's ju- you just got to keep the the wheels greased and um, keep your knowledge up on destinations and and ships and so forth. It's true. I mean, it's it's fun work, but it is still work. I mean, I think any it agent is. or anyone that's like attended any sort of fam or seminar. Yeah can attest to the yeah. fact that you are up at six in the morning and you are like yeah. going Absolutely. all day. Yeah. And it's surprising how many agents don't like to do these just because of that. They don't like to be up at six in the morning. They don't like to, you know, spend 12 hours looking at hotels and talking to, to uh, suppliers and so forth. A lot of agents don't do these events because they don't like it. But um, personally, I like it for the socialization and for the education mm-hmm. and um, just learning. You can't stop learning in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to learn all the time. 365, you have to learn. Well, I always thought when I went on fam trips that the contacts you made, like on the ground, you know, you're getting the business card of the hotel manager or the person that's yes. in charge of the destination weddings. Like you're actually meeting face to face with those people even if it's very brief sometimes but that's like Mm -hmm. actually getting an email for someone is incredibly valuable it is it is and that's what I like about you know because one of my niches is Hawaii and every year I do this Hawaii product seminar with NorCal Asta and we are on island for five days and we are covering that island and talking to hoteliers seeing hotels every day and meeting um, activity vendors and um, having a trade show where everybody comes together and, you know, getting educated and the value of that. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's invaluable because the connections and the networking and, you know, creating these relationships that you can renew year after year. It's, you know, it's priceless. Yeah, I mean, we when we were chatting about this um, Hawaii product seminar earlier, because did you say this coming year it's it's set to be in Oahu? Yes, yes. Last year it was on the island of Hawaii, and this year it's in Oahu. Next year it'll be Kauai. So they rotate. Okay. Um, yeah, they rotate every year. Yeah. Rotate islands. Yeah, and you know, we were talking, and I was like, "Oh, do you know Kanoa?" Who I'm just going to give a shout out <laughs> because if if you know Kanoa, you know he's He's just a ham and oh, no. awesome he and fantastic. He is the mayor of and the, yeah, I always say, he, we always joke, he's going to be the future governor of I know, Hawaii. I know. He's... Everybody knows him. Yeah, he's a riot. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put a link to the Hawaii product seminar. It's through NorCal, NorCal Asta, but um, people from outside of it can attend, but it fills up really quickly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it does very, very quickly. When the word sets it, comes out. 
you got to apply right away because they only take between 40 and 50 mm -hmm. um, travel consultants. So, um, and it's been around for a long time, I think 47 or 48 years. So it has a solid reputation for um, education. Yes. And um, yeah. It, yeah. it sounds incredibly helpful. And I, I know I've seen yeah. Kanoa has sent me over the itineraries and they're, you know, they're jam packed, but they're also enjoyable. You're they in Hawaii, are. so. They are, exactly, exactly. I know everyone says, how can you call it work here in Hawaii? And I said, believe me, <laughs> it is work. It is work, but it's work in paradise. Yes, exactly. Ah, I like that, it's work in paradise. Mm -hmm. um, I have to look up also, just jumping back to your waiting for Guffman clip because I I have this I'm notorious for watching movies or reading books and then not being able to remember anything about them but um, <laughs> I'm gonna look for the waiting for Guffman video clip and, and put a yeah. link to that as well because that sounds really awesome. I know it's hilarious Ron and Sheila never been out of the state. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of leaving the state or the country, so you are going on a group trip to South Africa this coming year? Yes, yes. Our, our cruise group, which normally does cruises, we've been all over Europe and, and Hawaii and Australia and, and so forth. This time we're, uh, in 2019, we're going to take a leap into um, land tours for a change. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm taking a group to South Africa. We're going to do um, uh, Cape Town and uh, Victoria Falls and a, um, a Shamwari game reserve oh. um, in South Africa. So it's going to be fantastic. Everyone is so excited. And you know, when you do these groups, and just a little side note, when you do these groups, especially for something as important as and as exotic as this Africa group is, if you can kind of rope in your um, BDM, your business development manager for whichever tour operator or whichever cruise line that you're working with, if you can kind of rope them in and help you, they, you know, let them know you've got a group, they can help you with tips. Like um, our uh, safari guy came, he came and, and spoke with our group. We met at my house and you know, we have 18 in the group and uh, kind of gave us a, a an overview about what to expect. And it was just, it was a priceless get together. Yeah. You know, so, so. so you also limited it. You have a waiting list. You limited it to 18 on yeah. purpose. And, and why was that? On purpose. Well, I like to limit my group cruises because only because if you get too many, it's kind of like herding cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you don't want to. And it's, it's, I consider them my vacation and um, as well, you know, hard to believe even though you're, you're escorting the group. But, you know, um, you want to limit them because you don't want to have too many people to keep track of because then, then you start thinking about the logistics. If you have too many people, then that's too many, too many minivans, too many buses, um, you know, that kind of thing. Too many people to look after. So, we like to have a, a, a smaller, cohesive group. And for Africa, because our safari lodge only holds um, nine suites, which is 18 people, I limited it to 18. And um, anybody beyond 18 who was interested in, I have a waiting list um, just in case somebody drops out. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to not get your group numbers. Uh, not let them get out of hand. Mm -hmm. And and it, I mean, I I think um, this again shows the value of working with a trusted vendor. And that um, I'm not yeah. sure if you came up with this or if it it's is it African Travel that who you're booking with? Yes, it's African Travel. It's one of our consortium's um, preferred mm -hmm. um, uh, suppliers, and I like to work with the preferred because I know that they've been vetted. Mm -hmm. by um, our consortium and um, and also are used regularly by others in our consortium. So, you know, they, you know that you have um, a solid uh, company mm -hmm. to work with um, that's reputable. And, um, you know, and you have the backing of your consortium and your agency. And if anything goes wrong, there's going to be a lot of people coming down on you know, these, these companies. So, um yeah, I like to work with the preferred, mm -hmm. and um, and as a second, as a you know secondary note, you also do get a, a more preferential commission 
um, when you do work with your preferreds mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases, a lot of cases. But, um, you know, which is not the main reason that I work with them. It's just a, a nice benefit. But uh, the main reason I work with them is because they're, they've been vetted and they're trusted suppliers. So, um, yeah, you know, that's really something important to look, look for. Well, for you, especially with your, you know, you're not familiar with land tours with your groups and certainly not in, you know, South Africa. So it's, it seems, I feel like in the industry, we throw around so often that, oh, you use preferreds because, you know, you have more weight and they've been vetted and, but there, there's so much truth to that. And, um, you know, people will come into the industry and, you know, it's one thing if you've met the vendors and you've experienced their projects or products on the ground, but, you know, to just Google online and find a safari operator and to be, it's one thing if you're going just by yourself, but when you're sending clients, that's exactly a very different exactly. thing. You want to make sure that they're reputable. And again, that if something yeah. goes wrong on that trip, that you yeah. have some sort of a recourse. Yeah. And, you know, with our, with our group travel, because it's not just, um, it's not just, well, for example, like with the, with my cruise groups, it's not just the cruise, you know, I, I do the pre and post as well. So everybody in the group is spending, you know, a, a good amount of money. So you want to make sure that they're getting the best value. You're working with the best suppliers. You're working with trusted suppliers. Um, you know, because they're trusting a lot of money in you Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, your reputation is on the line. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you travel quite a bit and it's, it's just you and your office. So how do you ensure that your clients are still taken care of? Because this is a problem so many agents run across and I've heard multiple ways of how people solve this. Yeah. Well, we've always had a buddy system, um, you know, with my group and uh, with the agency that I was with previously. We always had to have a buddy system. We always had to let the agency owners know who was going to be looking after our files while we were gone. Mm -hmm. So um, with the agency I was with previously, like I mentioned, um, there were like 15, at least 15 to 20 of us that had uh, started together in travel school. So we all knew each other. And we all know how each other works. And, you know, a lot of times we've heard of their, you know, each other's clients. So we're familiar with with how we work and and we trust one another. So um, a lot of us uh, who we use each other from travel school, you know, funnily enough. (laughs) Yeah, it all ties back to travel school. Yeah, I know. And so we use each other as our buddies. And last ditch resort, we use the agency as a backup, but we try not to um, let it let it get to the point where they have to, um, you know, get in touch with the agency. We have and buddies. And this is the we host agency, buddies. right? When you're a yeah, okay, correct, correct. So we have one or two buddies um, each that we've had through the years that we trust. And in the old days, we used to hand them our paper files, but these days everything is is online because we're all on client base. Mm-hmm. So we all put as much information about our clients as we can in client base. And so there's no, you know, trading of physical files anymore. So, um, you know, we, we have each other's back. And, you know, and sometimes there's, there can be the time where maybe you're away uh, so long, say maybe if you're away two or three weeks and, and a client calls up and they, they want to make a booking and you're not there, we trust each other mm-hmm. to make the booking. And, for example, if my buddy makes a booking, you know, if my client has called up, I'm not there, and my buddy makes a booking, she can have the commission. You know, there's no there's no quibble about that, and vice versa. And if she feels uncomfortable, if she says, no, 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 this is, a, this is not a, a small booking, I'll split the commission, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we trust each other. And... Um, you know, so it works great. It works great having these relationships through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a beautiful. That's a beautiful setup, and I especially um, because not everyone is going to have these deep relationships that you have, and to be able yeah. 
not that they won't trust the person that's watching theirs, but like, you know how you talked about how you trust each other and it just, it's unspoken between you and your vacation buddy that, you know, how it's going to work. But for any agent that's thinking about, um, you know, having, making sure they have a backup that they address the issue of, all right, now what happens if you make a booking or if something horrible happens and you have to spend five hours on this client, how are we going to approach that and at least discuss it? Yeah. Yes, yes, and it'll happen. It will happen, mm-hmm. and um, especially the especially the longer that you're in the business, mm-hmm. and and the more clients, and the more high maintenance clients, and the variety of clients that you'll have. Yeah, um, it works both ways. You know, you help each other. Yeah. You know? It's so important to have those relationships. Yeah, I'll also link to, um, for those that are listening that aren't aware of what client base, it's a customer relationship management tool or a CRM tool. That It's it's like a legacy CRM um, tool within the industry. And there's there's some other ones out there, but client base has a, a really large market share. Um, and it's where you put mm-hmm. all of your clients' information. So I'll link to that if yeah. anyone's interested. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So we talked kind of about your continuing education events. One of the ones you really liked is the annual Hawaii product seminar, um, yeah. which again, we'll link to, but then you also said you liked, um, the annual sales meeting of signature. What do you like about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm with the signature, signature travel network consortium and they have a big annual sales meeting in Vegas. And they invite um, all of the vendors from around the globe to come and so that you can network with them. And they have fantastic training um, on all segments of the industry, whether it's um, tech training. And Signature is well known for their tech um, tech training, and, and they're very, very tech savvy um, in destinations and um, hotels, you know, in-depth um destination and hotel training and tourism board they always invite tourism boards to come and so you can get sort of like uh, quick uh, certifications with some of the um, tourism boards Mm -hmm. but the networking and just uh, it's just so so priceless you know meeting face-to-face with hoteliers from around the globe suppliers from around the the globe transportation um, even the airlines uh, tour operators it's it's fantastic, and you make these connections, and and you you know you have a face to the companies that you're working with, and you have contacts, and you come back with you know a stack of business cards. I know, like it's almost a foot tall, you know, and um, yeah, and it's just great. Just it's just, and then they also Signature also has regional events um, other times of the years where it's kind of a, a little um, quickie training. Um, so updates with uh, hotels and destinations and so forth, you know, that that's always, and it's regional and different people who, um, you know, live in different parts of the country can attend those. So that's really valuable too. Yeah. I, and speaking of the, uh, the business cards, so I, I don't know how you do it, but I always used to come back with these huge stacks of business cards and then I'd put like a rubber band on around them with yeah. like a little post-it that's like this was the signature sales meeting 2018 yeah. and you know it's hard to uh-huh. find that stuff and then I, I just well like it multiple is. years ago I discovered um an app called cam card that I'll link to in the show notes uh-huh. that it's really nice because everything like you take a picture of it and it uploads a lot of the information uh-huh. from the card automatically and you can yeah. tag it back to like signature you know, annual sales meeting mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to do that. I really need to do that. I, I'm the rubber band queen over here. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I have that. stacks. I was just like, my desk was getting so full of these <laughs> bundles yeah. of cards. I was like, I can't find anything in here. I know. I know the feeling. Well, I'd like to kind of jump into booking groups since that's your forte. And I always look at booking groups as a it, it it seems to me that it's an exercise in extreme detail juggling, um, but mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. seem to be stressed out in the least. So how do you make things easy <laughs> for yourself besides, you know, your, you know, nearly 20 years of experience? What do you do to make yeah. groups easier? 
Well, you know, it's funny because um, as I told you, you know, in our conversations, these, these groups always kind of grow organically. Um, you know, that's how my group business grew. It, it was just organic because it was word of mouth. And, um, you know, people would come back from the, the, the groups and then they would share with their friends and so forth. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I keep binders for each group and I, and I have segments in each binder um, for the client information. Um, another section where um, I, keep tra I keep a paper trail of my communications with the tour operator, with the, with the um, uh, group coordinator on the ship, and, um, you know, uh, financials. I have another for financials. And then if I'm doing pre and post, I have another segment in the binder for, um, you know, like the, the pre-cruise uh, tour, which usually consists of transfers, hotels, um, activities, and the same for post-cruise. So I have different segments in my binders mm -hmm. um, to uh, cover all of these. And I try to spreadsheet the information for the clients, for the group participants, you know, keeping track of final payments and um, so forth, and even things like known traveler numbers or uh, birthdays, because, you know, a lot of times people will be celebrating birthdays, um, you know, during our cruises, so we like to keep track of things like that. So, you know, having everything in a big binder, and I'm one of these that I like to duplicate my information, so I'll keep information on my computer, but I will also keep a paper trail in a binder, because you never know when you're computer will blow up or mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Like, I just like the security of having things that I've written myself, you know, in a binder and, you know, yeah, and it, just duplicating. It comes down to personal, like, you know, what you personally feel yeah. most comfortable with. So Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm old school that way. I like to have my little binder with my little spreadsheets all printed out and mm -hmm. I like to be able to look at them, flip the pages and, and look at the information. Yeah. As a visual learner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you also mentioned that having a really solid itinerary for your groups is key to like cutting down on questions. Um, yeah. So what did what do yeah. you exactly mean by that? Well, I you know uh, it, one key um, you know important thing is to always keep in constant contact with your groups. I tell them from the outset that they're going to hear a get their. I try not to bombard my groups with a lot of emails, mm -hmm. but when I do send an email, it'll have lots of chunks of information that they should kind of, you know, keep keep on keep on hand, maybe print out, but know that they're important chunks of information. So um, I always like to periodically refresh everyone's memory about uh, when payments are due, what they've paid, um, what they've uh, their travel insurance policies, itineraries, mm -hmm. um, while we're on the cruise or while we're on the, the land tour, um, if there's any updates, I like, you know, reprint this itinerary, throw it, toss the old one. And um, so they know day by day or hour by hour mm -hmm. what exactly is going on because the last thing you want to happen is to have someone come back to you and say, well, you know, I didn't hear about that or so-and-so told me we were going to do this. I didn't know that. So, you know, keep in good, constant com uh, communication with them and um, let them know what's happening day by day, hour by hour, mm -hmm. you know, whatever's necessary. Let them know what they've already paid for, um, what needs to be paid for, deadlines and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's really important. Wonderful advice. Um, so with when you're booking groups with your guest amenity points, you know, a lot of agents like to put something in the room or use the guest amenity points for something along those mm -hmm. lines. But how do you use your guest amenity points? I usually use them for on for a cruise. I usually use them for onboard credits um, because I figure anything food wise, whether it's wine or chocolate covered strawberries or something, they can usually get for free mm -hmm. on the ship somehow, or they'll use their onboard credit, you know, if, if they are wine drinkers. So I like them to have the freedom to choose mm -hmm. um, what to do on the ship. So I, you know, I, I 100 probably 99% of the time I let them have onboard credit. But then I also like to do something extra for them 
on board so that they feel like they're getting, you know, not just the onboard credit, but, you know, something extra with the group. So, you know, I'll do something like maybe a scavenger hunt with and give everybody prizes. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of makes it a little bit different from a normal cruise and, um, you know, just a little bit extra activity, icebreaker, get to know the ship, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Well, tell us more, yeah, expand on the scavenger hunt, because I think that's a super creative idea. And I, over the years, I'm assuming that you've picked up, um, you know, so that people aren't coming sweating on their way back to you. Like, how have you refined it through the years? Yeah. Like I mentioned to you before, you learn the hard way. I think the, the first couple of cruises, uh, when I had the scavenger hunt, I had them look for things that were like all over the ship. And if it was a big ship, we were talking maybe 12 decks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would come back. They would come back a sweaty mess or they'd come back an hour later when everybody else has already come back. And so I learned the hard way. No, let's, let's limit what they have to look for to the public decks and usually um, two or three public decks that are one after another, not all over the ship. Mm-hmm. And um, my aim for the scavenger hunt is twofold. One for On one hand, it's an icebreaker because a lot of times there are a couple of new people in the group and it's a good icebreaker. Gets everybody talking and, um, you know, bonding. And then also, um, importantly is that it gets them to learn the layout of the ship gets them um you know familiar with the ship quickly mm-hmm. um at the beginning of the cruise so they don't have to spend the rest of the time wandering around where is this or where is that so um you know and i have them look for things like um oh in the such and such bar how many stool how many stools are there at the bar or um in the such and such dining room um, you know, I'll ask them um, questions about the menu or something like that, but, you know, or in the kids club, you know, I'll ask them about kids activities. So it's a, it's a great way to, you know, get acquainted with the ship and it's a lot of fun. And then uh, we usually meet at the end of the scavenger hunt in the coffee bar, someplace where I can treat everybody to um, a refreshing drink or a coffee or champagne or, you know, whatever they want. And then I give prizes, and they're always travel-related prizes, you know, um, and they're fun prizes. They're little prizes, so they don't have to worry about packing them. But, you know, like, um, so useful ones, useful travel gifts. And then for the person who comes in last, I always give them something funny like um, disposable underwear or something (laughs) like that. Or, (laughs) you know, or miniature rolls of toilet paper to take into the port, you know. You know, something like that. So I like to I like to make it fun and and um, you know and useful as well. Well, let's move into um, every entrepreneur's favorite topic for inspiration, and that's marketing. Um, every agent, I feel like, styles their marketing around their personality as well as their budget. So some people love social media, and some are just mm-hmm. gregarious and outgoing and love to hand out business cards at local events. Some agents swear direct mail works the best um but you uh happen to be a person that doesn't really like handing out business cards and gets the vast majority of your clients from mouth and referrals um yeah word of mouth and referrals that's where 99 percent of 99.999 percent of my business comes from yeah and And, oops well i was just going to say that you had talked about you mentioned i them earlier in our conversation but the closed facebook group with the crazy cruisers and um, yeah i i think one of the things i'll ask you to tell us a little bit more about it but i think one of the things i want to point out is you said that it it hovers around 40 people is that correct yeah okay yeah and these are um the, the past cruisers and present cruisers and um i always ask um my cruisers if you know anyone who's like-minded, you know, friends or family who's like-minded who you think has the potential to join our group, mm-hmm. you know, have them join our um, Facebook group. And I don't – I like to keep it closed because, you know, there again, you know, you, you want to make sure that you have a, a solid group. You don't want any drama queens. You don't want any drama kings, you know. Mm-hmm. You want people that um, – 
that are, um, you know, that are committed, that are interested, and you just, you don't want everybody in the world to know about it, you know. You, you do want to have a little bit of control, um, especially when it comes to deciding where we want to go next and, you yeah. know, just keeping the, the group cohesive. Well, I also, I also feel like your, um, your Facebook group is a nice way to remind people as well that you don't need to have a thousand people in your group, but because you get exactly. tons of bookings from, you know, it just being 40 yeah. people. And for us at host agency reviews, we've seen the same thing with our Facebook groups. Um, we have a seven yeah. day setup support group and a travel agent think tank. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll link to yeah. those in the show notes. Um, but they build yeah. a community like no other. So, you know, there's, yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's also important to know that a lot of a lot of my clients are also not on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So the 40 that are here are the ones that um, are on Facebook. But I I do have to kind of also keep track of the ones that are not on Facebook. Mm, and to keep them up to date. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I will periodically, you know, say, oh, we're thinking about such and such in the future. Please weigh in. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you're not on Facebook. I know you're not interested, but, you know, you've traveled with me in the past and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So you, um, you know, you do keep, have the, the Facebook group that you, you know, kind of nurture, but you also have to be mindful of the people who are not on Facebook mm -hmm. and kind of nurture them as well. And, um so, you know, there's like various groups that you kind of have to keep track of. And then there's a lot of people who are my Facebook friends who are not part of the Crazy Cruisers group. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of nurtured them through my own personal page, you know, with a lot of pictures of my travel mm -hmm. and so forth. And so, you know, you have a, a lot of little groups that you're kind of nurturing mm -hmm. and, um, you know, kind of quietly promoting that way. All right. Well, I have two more quick questions since we're kind of running low on time. But um, mm -hmm. I think one of the fun things that we talked about was that you've had great success in the past with client events. Would you mind sharing really quickly with um, us about how those client events work, those dinners or lunches? Yeah. Yeah, well, with the agency that I was with previously, um, up until uh, we merged earlier this year, we would have client events. Um, started out two client events here, uh, but everyone got so busy, it just became an annual thing. And it's kind of like a combination um, client appreciation and also education because um, we focus on, uh, we would focus on four vendors. Uh, presenting and it was usually a lunch um, you, I think maybe once or twice we had a dinner or a breakfast but lunch always works out the best and we would have it at a, at a country club or a restaurant and we would limit the numbers to our best clients um, or people that you knew who specifically had interest in the vendors that were that um, were presenting and we would always have a theme at each client event, whether it was something exotic or something, you know, staying local, but we'd always have, you know, at least a couple of cruise vendors and a couple of land vendors who would focus on either their uh, their company or destination. But it was, you know, a, a good variety. Mm -hmm. And so it, it showed appreciation to our clients, you know, thank you, here's this lovely lunch, um, enjoy it on our behalf. and. Also, a little bit of an education because it exposes them to companies or cruise lines that they may have never heard of mm -hmm. or destinations they may have never heard of. Or So it was always about planting the seed. And um, the vendors would share the expense of the lunch and the event and um, the venue. And they would also offer show specials, mm -hmm. you know, that were good for a couple of weeks um, after the after the event. So I always got, you know, I would invite, oh, maybe about 20 of my best clients, best clients, and also clients that I knew had potential for these particular vendors mm -hmm. and destinations. And I always got um, good bookings from these events because they, my clients were able to, you know, network one-on-one, -on -one, you know, ask questions of the vendors and, 
you know, just get inspired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can do these, if you can um, get your your vendors very – and always switch it up, you know, have different themes, have different vendors. Mm-hmm. Always switch it up and, and, you know, rope them in and get them to co-op. And um, it's a great, great marketing tip. Yeah. Well, speaking of marketing, I had talked about this in the very beginning, but um, – Let's get into the question of how to properly frame a photo because you seem to be more liberal with how you take photos, often missing <laughs> like three quarters of your face or something. So, um, but really, this marketing tactic and whether or not you meant to do it, it's one that's worked really well. So, go ahead and I know. tell us about you your know, like so... quarter face selfie that of the forehead. Yeah, they, it's the forehead. My husband and I are now known as the forehead. And this is something that just. It was a very, I, you know, I, I hate to overuse the word organic, but it was just an organic outgrowth from our travels because, you know, I, we love, my husband's an amateur photographer, so we love to share photos of wherever we go, wherever people would say, but I, you know, we don't see you. Where are you? How do we know you were there? So then that, thus, the foreheads were born because we didn't really want to show our faces or our bodies, <laughs> but... If we showed our foreheads, it showed, yes, we were there. So <laughs> that's how we started the, the forehead series. And so now whenever whenever I travel and I, I, I'll post, first of all, I'll, I'll post the airport, um, you know, sideboard. Where are we going next? Where are the foreheads headed? And then, uh, then I'll start, like, maybe a series of forehead photos that show where we've landed, what ship we're on, what, you know, wherever, whatever destination, but it's always the foreheads and then, uh, um, you know, a prominent, um, you know, landmark in the background, whether it's the Eiffel Tower or it's, you know, the, the domes in St. Petersburg or, you know, uh, the Blue Mountains in Australia. It's always the foreheads. And so, and it's funny because, They'll, you know, people will say, well, where are the foreheads going next? And, oh, so that's where the foreheads have landed. And there was one time where I, I took a photo where my husband wasn't there, but it was my forehead. And then people were asking, oh, there's a forehead missing. Where's the other forehead? What happened to the other forehead? <laughs> They've really become attached to it. <laughs> yeah. So they know when they're, they're when from the first forehead shot that they know that the foreheads are on an, an adventure and they'll hear all about the cruise. They'll hear all about the destination. And it's planting seeds, you know, yeah. getting people to think about where where they can go next, the possibilities, look where the foreheads are going. Yeah, if I so, um, um, if I can, I'll find a link to um, some of your forehead pictures, and we'll share them in the short show notes. Or actually, you know what? Yeah. I can you can send us yeah. some, and we'll put them in the actual yeah. transcription. So. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's see. Our longtime listeners know what it's time for. And and for our new listeners, this is probably the first podcast you've ever listened to and will ever listen to that has a segment dedicated to warm fuzzies. Because, I mean, heck, why not, right? Um, all I know is that in our newsletter to travel agents, I somehow managed to finagle a picture of Dogstronaut Rigel, who's my dog in a spacesuit, for those that aren't aware. Um, so really, I think we can all agree that this warm fuzzy segment isn't really that far out in left field. Um, so Lou, now that we've established that this warm fuzzy segment is totally normal, go ahead and make us feel all happy and sparkly. What's your warm fuzzy that we can close out on? <laughs> My warm fuzzy segment is actually probably multiple segments, and my warm fuzzy is client satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get – I just love it when, you know, I, I plan something, a, a wonderful vacation for clients, and then I get back um, videos or gifts or, you know, wonderful, wonderful letters of thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, clients have sent me gift from Hawaii. They've sent me, um, it, you know, really nice uh, restaurant gift certificates and, you know, accompanied by, you know, the most wonderful heart, heartwarming um, letters of thank you. And it just the client satisfaction is such a warm, warm and fuzzy because you know that somehow you've done a decent job, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've worked, you know, and these people have 
trusted. And a lot of times, like I say, I haven't met these people face-to-face. They don't know what I look like. I don't know what they look like. And yet, they trusted me with, you know, with their travel plans, these expensive travel plans, they've, you know, thousands of dollars. They entrusted me with it. And hopefully I've done a good, a, you know, a fairly decent job sending them on a, um, a you know, fulfilling their travel dreams. And, and so when I get these thank yous um, from them, whether it's a gift or a note or, or a video or whatever, mm-hmm. the acknowledgement of, of a job well done, I mean, that to me is the best warm fuzzy yes. that, uh, that, that I could get in this, in this industry. Yeah. And I, I think that also speaks to your ability as an agent, um, that your clients are connecting with you so much that they yeah. are, are giving something back to you. So, Oh, I know. I, it's, it's so fulfilling mm-hmm. to know that you can actually accomplish something like that and, and, you know, make people happy. I, you know, I, I, I like to see people happy Yep. and, um, Yep, that's what it's all about, and and I love to see to share the world with them and know that that they're out there having a good time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's that's my great big warm fuzzy about about being in the travel business. That is a great big warm fuzzy, and thank you so much for sharing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, time flies, and it's time to bring another episode mm-hmm. of Travel Agent Chatter to a close. So, if you've enjoyed the show, don't forget. Um, we send out loads of free in-depth resources in our monthly newsletter, which has the dog not in it. Um, so you can subscribe to our newsletter at hostagencyreviews.com forward slash newsletter. And speaking of subscribing, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes by searching for Travel Agent Chatter. And Lou, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with all of us. Oh. Uh, thank you, Steph, for the opportunity. This has been such fun, and I hope that that you can that that your listeners can come away with you know maybe at least one or two good tips for their travel business. You know, it's it's the best. Yes, the travel business is the best. Yes, they definitely the will. There's going to be a lot of other foreheads, the foreheads out there after this. So <laughs> I should trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, until next time, everyone, I hope that you have something cute and wonderfully random happen to you today. Maybe you'll see a person in a T-Rex suit or maybe like a dog in an astronaut suit. Who knows? So thanks again for listening and we'll chat with you soon. Never miss another show. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud by searching for Travel Agent Shatter. To read a transcript of Travel Agent Chatter and view our show notes, you can visit hostagencyreviews.com forward slash TAC. And as a secret surprise for sticking with us until the end, check out hostagencyreviews.com forward slash T-Rex. I promise you'll like it. As always, if you know of an agent that you think would be great to interview, and this includes yourself, don't be shy, drop us a line at hello at hostagencyreviews.com. We love getting mail. The only thing that's more fun than email, T-Rex mail. That's all for now. Until next time.